uh, we have uh, Dr. Manasse from uh, USA, uh, who we're going to uh, know uh, 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 a lot about him uh, even this evening. Uh, uh, without uh, wasting time, let me just go straight to him uh, to make sure that we start. Uh, and I, uh, okay, uh, thank you, uh, our producer, saying that everything's sorted, everything is fine. Let me just welcome you now, uh, just to start our our uh, interview. Uh, Doctor Manase, uh, welcome to North FM uh, on my life, my story show. Thank you, uh, my friend, and good evening to you and to all our North FM listeners. Uh, thank you so much, Valamza, for giving me the opportunity to share my story and my journey with you and all your, 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 your listeners all over the world. You know, it's a, it's a privilege. I don't take it for granted. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Uh, thank you. Uh... Like there was there was a lot of people who were asking me. Uh, uh, you remember we were posting all those uh, those uh, uh, posters uh, to say you would be uh, joining us tonight. They they, they want to know a lot about you. Maybe we can start there when we talk about Doctor Manas. Who are we talking about? Well, uh, first let me say uh, you know uh, you you angoveni. So alamza bagangoveni. My paternal yeah. grandmother uh, is from the Ngovin family. So I wish I got joking. I wish I got serious. <laughs> well, let me say this uh, from the beginning. I, I come from, uh, I come from a, a village called Zangoma village. And I know that a lot of people who have contributed to my growth and my success. And some of them, I'll mention them as we, as we proceed with our program tonight. Uh, many people, they may not know where I come from. And some people, they just met me. Maybe they know me as, as Dr. Manasse. They know me as Ella Manasse. They know me as Professor Manasse. And they may not know where I come from. I come from Zangoma <clears throat> village in the Zanin area. It's very, it's not far from Koankoa. That's a village that I came from. And uh, my wife is from Guiani. Her name is Mitloti Skalela. We have been married for over 26 years and we have been blessed with three children. Our first born is Nsobo, Grace. Our second born is Timothy and the last born is Langutelani, Hope. I have brothers and sisters that I grew up with. Uh, Moses, Paul, Leah, Swongile, Kolta, Tinyiko, Ponani, Elvis and Nkateko. So... I, I started my school, uh, I went to Totuana Primary School uh, right at our local village. It was a local school over there. You know, we had people like, uh, our principal was Mr. Mshanga, he was from Marvin. And we had teachers like Mrs. Ricotto, Mr. Mkansi and other people. So I grew up with quite a number of people that some of them we are still connected even now. A person like Mr. Tony Kwashu, you know, we started together from... From primary school, we went to high school together, went to university together, and we even went to start working from this. I mean, work at the same school, which was a blessing to me. So one of the things about uh, my uh, my growing up, especially at, during that time, 
we grew up you know in our school it was under a very serious uh, say poverty stricken situation we learned under the tree i know very few students or very few young people who understand when i say a tree was my classroom and when it was raining we did not we did not have classes we, when we grew up uh, at some point we did not even have shoes we had to walk bare, barefooted to school uh, under strenuous conditions sometimes it was very cold rainy and all these kind of conditions so when i grew up we had a piece of land in another village called lifara it's not far from from zangoma and we used to plow over there and plant some vegetables and my mom uh, the name of my mom is Mpepu and my, my my father is Jonas they are not educated they didn't go to school so at some point we had to uh, find a way to survive so we used to plow and, and plant and get some vegetables and sell them so I, I used to carry a, a basin with vegetables on my head you know with cabbages tomatoes onions and i would walk around our village the streets of our village and sell to the community that's how i grew up and that's how i survived when we we're still young so yeah so it was hard growing up because i know a lot of people will say you know what? Uh, when you are successful, not not really successful, but when you are you achieve something in life, we always share a story of being. Uh, I mean, we, we we started by suffering before we can get success. So, uh, as you are saying, you you were selling uh, vegetables uh, in your in, in that area. Uh, maybe you can also uh, tell us more, like after. I mean, school-wise, like you went to primary, then high school. Tell us a bit about that, uh, your journey at high school. Actually, from Totuana Primary School, I went to Shipungu Secondary School. You know, those days we used to have, mm. we used to have secondary schools and high school. Secondary school started from mm. Form 1, Form 2, and Form 3. That's standard, mm. uh, standard 6, standard 7, and standard 8. That's what we used to have during those days. And our principal was uh, the late uh, Mr. Nshangwini, Leslie. We used to have teachers like Mrs. Magagane, Mr. Manganyi, and Mr. Mabuza, Mrs. Pakula, Mrs. Tangu, and other people who were there. And I met a lot of friends uh, during that time. And some of them I'm still connected with them. People like, you know, Doluma Singh. She's the wife of Dr. Garish Mushaba. And my very close friend that was still connected very well, brother Victor Bayana, you know, we started the, the first SCO, actually we used to call it SCM, way back. It was the yeah. first branch at that school, way back in 1985. That's when we started our first SCM uh, branch. The, it's a student Christian movement. So from Shupungo High School, I'll try to summarize because of time. From Shupungo High School, I went to Bankuna. Bankuna High School and at Bankuna High School I met quite a lot of people that I still connect with you know people like Pastor Sam Mabuza who is from uh, from Pumalanga 
And Mr. Case Ngoven, most of you know Mr. Case Ngoven is one of the greatest men in South Africa. You know, he promotes our Tsonga language. He's a poet. He's just everything, just a motivational speaker. I always, you know, ask advice from him. He's a great, great uh, wise man. People like Professor Frank Chauke, people like Bishop Evans Spalana, and some of them like uh, the principal, Eddie Hiliza. He's a principal of Matari High School. Uh, my my close friend also, one of them, it's Dr. Yvonne Mongwe. Some of you might know her. Friends like Olive Chauke, brother, uh, and Pastor Kenny Chauke, brother Lucky Baloi Fiso Chauke, who lives in London right now in Britain. Quite a number of people, like Tanan Machimane, you, she used to be Maria Ntimane, brother Chester Mshwane, and Charlotte Malangan. Quite a number of people that I met with while we were at Bangkok, and some of them we are still connected even today. We had we had great teachers over there. Our principal was Dizzy James Tebule, and we had teachers like brother. I mean, teachers like Mr. Robert Shkwambana, Mr. James Matonsi, and other people, Mrs. Priscilla Baloi. Mr. Dambuza, one of the things that I, I still remember about Bankuna, my days in Bankuna, I know you talked about struggles. You know, we used to cross two rivers from, uh, from Zangoma to, to Bankuna. We used to cross two rivers. And I would leave home around 5.30 a.m. every morning while it was still dark. When we came back, we would come back around 7 p.m. because we had to walk. We didn't have school buses. Uh, so we had to walk from our village to, to school. We'll leave while it was dark early in the morning and we'll come back home when it's dark also in the evening. And those are some of the experiences that we had. But we had great, uh, great teachers. I met quite a number of friends like Jack Shluban and other people. We, we had a great time over there uh, in Bankuna. So, like I'm saying, I'll try to summarize everything here. And from Bankuna, I went to the University of the North. It's called University okay, of Lipompo yeah. now. And I went to University of Lipompo, and I started teaching there. So, before I went to Tefluop, uh, I was accepted at Wimbeni, and I registered there, but I didn't attend any class, because my desire was to go to, to Tefluop. So I quit Tewumbein uh, and I tried to push to go to Teflo, but my parents did not have money. At Teflo, they needed 500 rand for, for registration way back in 19, 1989, but I did not have money. So I went around asking for, for help from many different places and different people. I went to different pastors and different churches. Unfortunately, I could not get any help. And finally, I was able to go to the Department of Education in Guiani. Mr. Wilson Mushwana is the one who helped me. You know, he gave me a lift. He used to work there. So he gave me a lift one morning and went to, to Guiana. I just went straight to the head office and just to ask for help. So when I arrived there, they told me, yo, we understand your situation, and but you don't know why your name is not on the list of the bursary holders, because you you got good grades, you passed well, you qualified, but unfortunately we no longer have funds in the Department of Education. I was helped by you know Mr. Mlungis Nsangwisi. He's the one who helped me and recommended me 
uh, to be able to get the bursary from the minister of chief minister. Remember, we used to have chief minister HW in Tsangwis. So he's the one who helped yeah. me, and he, they gave me a letter that I sure that I have a bursary so I can go straight to Teflop. But then they needed registration fee, and I did not have money for registration. And the registration fee was 500 rand. I was helped by one of my aunts and her husband. The name of my aunt is Nosi Mtebula, and her late husband, BJ Mtebula. They are the ones who helped me to get the 500 rand to register at Teflop. You know, we used to register at gate two. Those who went to Teflop, they know what I'm talking about. And they will not allow anybody into the school premises without registration or without any student card. So some students will leave, will sleep outside the, the gate. And one of the things that I did when I was at Teflop, you know, I was advised by Mr. Lucas Mukwena. Some of you know him. He's a principal at Zubuko High School in Marvin. So... I joined the SCM at Tefluop and Mr. Mkwena has been very supportive during that time, both to my spiritual and my academic growth. So during that time when we were at Tefluop, we used to sing with the late, you know, my dear sister and friend, Odrinyambi. We used to sing at the uh, at Tefluop during the services. I was also participating in the leadership of the ministry. So I used to be the Bible study coordinator, Bible study organizer. I remember two, two or three days ago, I was talking to one of my friends, Kenneth Baloy. He said, you know, many people, they do not understand why you still do Bible studies today. They don't know that you started way back in 1989 doing all these Bible studies. They think you just started doing it last year. And I laughed when he reminded me. Because we used to do that at the uh, student Christian movement during the SCM time. And there are quite a number of people who had a great impact that I met during that time. People like Stanley Marara, you know, Brother Ernest Corsa, Pastor Goodwill Baloy, Pastor Noel Sitole, uh, Brother Joseph Mohale, Judge Mathambele, Brother Emmanuel Baloy, Lazarus Matlangu, quite a number of people like Professor Muzi Maseko. He's a professor at, at Vets University right now. Dr. Sandy Malapile, Pastor Mashud Rampamba, and quite a number of friends that we are still connected. And we met during that time. You know, when I was at Tefluop, uh, one of the highlights that stayed with me was meeting Nelson Mandela after he was released. Uh, from jail. He traveled all over the country and one of the places that he went to was the University of Lipompo. And he had meetings with student leaderships and also the the university leadership. And we got a chance to, to shake hands with him and I took some pictures. And I still treasure that moment. And I have kept those those historic pictures on my wall even today. And later he came back for our graduation because he was the counselor of the, the chancellor of the university. And we also got a chance again to greet him and take some more pictures with him. To me, that was one of the highlights of my stay at Teflo, but also spending time with the SCM team, the SCM group, and we learned a lot during that time. That's why I learned more about leadership and other and other stuff. Doctor, mm -hmm. yeah. uh, let's 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 go uh, uh, go back a bit because I just want to understand something. Mm -hmm. This thing of uh, 
you saying uh, during your, uh, your 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 high school time you were and uh, I don't know what they, what they, what, what they call it. Uh, LCM, no, not LCM. It was why what before uh, I just called. Uh, I mean the the, the organization, the, the Christian organization, uh, uh, the that, that that Christian organization. What was uh, called? Uh, is it uh, LCM? LCM is for university. Ne? LCM Students Christian Movement was for yes, yeah. was for high school. And higher institutions yeah. of learning, like colleges and universities, we used to have SCM, yeah. Student Christian, uh, Student Christian Movement. What happened yeah. is the the black people had SCM, Student Christian Movement, whereas the white people yeah. they had what we call SCA, Student Christian Association. So later, later in the nineties, we had some, yeah. you know, after after we we had the freedom after nineteen ninety four. All these organizations had to to, uh, to merge, so I was lucky and fortunate to be part of the, uh, you know, of the process. So the white wing had to merge with the with the black wing, and they formed what you call the Student Christian Organization (SCO). So today we have the SCO instead of SCM. Oh yeah, SCO. So uh, this uh, uh, let's let, let's talk about that because I just wanna find out from the is it from like uh, from the family uh, part like growing up. Uh, did you grow up in a Christian family? What, what what was the motive? Like why why did you join these uh, organizations? Well, I grew up in a Christian environment, and yes. I went to Sunday school. Uh, to what to, to a church that was pastored by Pastor Machimana Mexon right at our uh, at our village. Yeah, uh, so I was I was part of the Sunday school and the youth as I grew up uh, during that time. So that also had a great influence and an impact in my life. It's very interesting today. There are some people that I went to Sunday school with people like Oki, you know, Tinyiko Mongwe. And they're still part of my Bible study today. And sometimes I remind her and say, remember when we went to, to Sunday school when we were still kids? We never thought it will reach where it has reached today. But, you know, it's you just find a certain level of fulfillment when you know where you come from and you understand what you have been through. And all that, it has helped me a lot to understand life in... Yeah. In many different ways. In many different ways. One of the things that I have learned about life, it's every experience. It's a preparation for your next step in life. Sometimes we become so myopic. We become so, uh, you know, short-sighted that we focus only on the now. We, we forget that every decision that you make, every decision that you make today, it becomes your tomorrow. It becomes part of your tomorrow. Our lives today, it's as a result of the decisions that we have made yesterday. And some of these things, you learn them as you grow. That your life, it's, it's a continuation. It's a series of events. It's a series of seasons. And every season, it's a preparation for your next season. Sometimes when you go through a challenging and a difficult situation 
or a difficult season. We feel like it's the end of life. You know, that is what I call the duality or dichotomy of life. Life has both. You know, life has mountains and valleys. Life has ups and downs. And you have to remember that whatever you go through at that time, it's temporal. All situations are temporal. No matter how difficult it is, it's temporal. Things change. Things change. So, so it was more like a, 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 a great foundation in, in terms of Christianity because... I, I know like you are one of the best, uh, one of the great uh, pastors now. Uh, so uh, for me, I think it started there. It started from the primary level, from being young, young uh, uh, Abraham uh, going for, I mean, going to Sunday school, and then you grow up there like that until uh, uh, university, where a lot of people we know like when you go to university, you have freedom, you have everything, but you didn't change. You know, you continue, you join those. Uh, uh, SEO, uh, 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 just like that. Yes, that is very true. That that is why influence is very important. You have to be in the right mm. environment, and you must allow the right people to influence your life. Don't allow everybody to speak into your life. Not everybody has a right mm. to speak into your life. You have to allow the right people who will have a positive influence in your life. Let me say this. People have so much influence in our lives and sometimes we don't realize it. The company you, you keep, it determines where you end up in life. Somebody once said, don't tell me what you want to become in your life. Don't tell me where you want to be in the next five years. Don't tell me where you want to be in the next 10 years. Just show me who your friends are. I will tell you where you'll be in the next five years. Because one thing we have to understand is every day you become more and more like the person that you, you are closer to, the person that you talk to every day, the person that you walk with every day, the person who is closer to you. Every day they are influencing you. And the influence, sometimes it's seamless, but there's so much influence. That's why you have to make sure you stay with the right people. You keep the right company. Your future... Yes. It's influenced by the people that you are with today. Okay, doctor, let's take a break. I'm, I'm just, I just want to take a short break and then when we come back, uh, we're going to look at the... I know a lot of people have been waiting to know, to, to, to know how come you end up uh, moving from South Africa to USA. So we just, we just want to take a short break. When we come back, we will just look at that. Thank you. And I'm with Dr. Abraham Manas. I know a lot of you. You know him, but you may know, you may you may not know a lot of a lot about him because we are now learning a lot about his life, where he come from, and where he is now, and where he's going. So. Uh, just stay with North FM and if you want to ask any questions you can go to our social media Facebook, North FM, Twitter we are North FM underscore online it's Instagram, North FM or you can send an email to uh, info at northfmonline.com just to ask any questions uh, to him uh, if you want anything or want to advise or something you can just 
uh, engage with us or via those uh, social media uh, handles. But uh, we're still with him uh, now. Uh, just to know uh, him, uh, uh, I mean, know a lot, a lot about uh, his life. So, welcome, welcome, uh, welcome back. We we were still talking about the life in Teflu. Uh, I, I just want to understand something. Uh, you said which uh, course were you doing uh, when you studied? Thank you uh, again, Ngoveni. My first degree at Teflop was a teaching degree. I So when I graduated, after graduating, I went to, uh, to, to teach. Mm. And I was so fortunate, I was so lucky. Uh, to teach at the same school that I I graduated from. I went back to teach and I taught at Chipungo High School. I used to teach physical okay. science there. And I had great students. Some of the students, I still remember them. A lot of students that I have taught, you know, people like Given Malaji, he used to be one of the counselors in the Tanin Municipality. He's from Mariveni. I had uh, great students like Kumbula Masingi, one of the, one of the counselors of the Republic of South Africa, and he used to be in Angola. I had people like Gensualo Mabele, Noel Machete, who is managing his own business, and quite a number of good and great students that I could remember. And I feel so excited to know that I have contributed in their lives, and I feel so satisfied. Some of them, they come back to me, and they say, thank you for, for teaching us. I, yeah, I used to teach them, and some of them, you know, they would come back and say, you remember the other day you took me aside and you spent the whole 30 minutes talking to me when you realized that I was not doing well at school. Actually, I was involved in drugs, and you spent some time, you were patient with me, and you talked to me, and since that day, I still remember everything that you told me. Since that day, I stopped. And I've concentrated on my studies. Today, I'm a doctor. Today, I'm an engineer. You know, all those kind of stuff. It just feels so good. It brings a certain level of satisfaction to know that helping people, it's what I was born to do. And when you have someone who says, you have helped me, I had no direction. And you helped me to get a sense of direction. It just yeah. brings a certain level of satisfaction. And one of the things that I did when I was still a, a school teacher, you know, the second uh, office, the Ritavi second office, they used to have, they used to have winter schools uh, at Hudson and Sangwisi uh, High School in Kuangkoa. So during those winter schools, they will look for the teachers in different schools who were best in the different subjects. And I was appointed as as a, as a teacher, winter school teacher for, for physics and chemistry. So every winter, uh, during the winter time, we will have those winter schools. And I used to teach students from different schools, students from Hudson, Samuise, from Shipungu, from Ritavi, Area Circuit, you know, Bankuna, uh, Charles Matonsi, and all the schools in the neighborhood. All the high schools they will come together uh, during that time, and I will I will teach them uh, physical science and you know chemistry and all those kind of subjects. And I was so excited. I used to enjoy teaching. 
You're just helping somebody understand something, understand concepts, understand how things work, understand how things connect. I used to enjoy that. Yeah. So, so, so that, that that was the first degree. You were saying uh, your your first degree. So we want to know about the second one, <laughs> maybe the third one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, from from there, I you know I used to teach, but while I was teaching, I was also you know learning. I I registered with UNISA. I registered with UNISA and I studied from from UNISA also. I I I graduated. I got my postgraduate diploma in uh, in business management from UNISA way back in 1997. So I did not stop learning and that has helped me a lot. You know, it just opened my eyes. There is one thing about education, the more the more you learn the more you realize that you don't know anything. It's the people who do not want to learn who think they know everything. Yeah. The more you study, it's the more you discover that there is a lot that you do not know in life. Mm, mm, mm. And I got more motivated to, to study more, to grow more. So as a teacher, I had to keep on improving. But to, yeah. to cut the long story short, I did not stay long in teaching. I think I was a teacher for about, about nine years or ten years or so in South Africa. Mm. And yeah, that's how it happened. So from there, that's when I started to shift and started to move towards, towards business management after I graduated from, from UNISA. Mm. And that's where the journey of coming to the U.S. started. I, I, came, okay. to the, I came to the U.S., Way back, I think it was 1999 or so. When I came to the US, I came to the first time I came, we came to we're coming to the conference. It was a, a church conference that was in in Chicago. And remember, I talked about I talked about the Student Christian Movement, SCM. Yes. Yes. SCM is an affiliate in, into an international body. It's an international fellowship of evangelical students it's called ifs they have conferences every i think it's every three or four years or so it's an international conference it's held in the u.s so it was in it was in urbano in in chicago illinois and i got a chance to to attend that conference during that time so it was at that conference that i got connected with some christian schools who went there to recruit international students or anybody wanted to study in the U.S. That's how I got connected with them. And I submitted my application. And after we, we stayed in the U.S. actually for about, about a month or two or so. Then I was in the East Coast when the New York region, Ohio, you know, uh, Pennsylvania, those kind of places. That's where we used to, that's where we were staying. Then I came back to South Africa and I stayed in South Africa for, for six months. During that six months, I was communicating with a, a, a university in Southern California. The name of the university is Hope International University. It's in Fullerton in Orange County, yeah. very close to Los Angeles. Then six months later, 
that's when I I traveled to the US to study. So when I came, I came for and I came for the second time, I came to study at Hope International University. And I came to study my master's in business administration. So that's where I I graduated uh, and got my master's of business administration at Hope International University. And also, I also used to work as a student advisor during that time at Hope International University. I used to work with international students. I used to help international students with their applications for for visas, for student visas. And that has helped me a lot. Like I always say, what you do now, it's a preparation for your next season. It has helped me understand how the system works. It has helped me understand how, you know, how somebody can move from one country and come to the U.S. And it, it, it helped me to get connected with a lot of people because I helped students from Russia, students from Bulgaria, students from Kenya, students from Zimbabwe, students from all over the country, I mean, all over the world. So I will communicate with students from different countries. And some of them, they became my, my friends. And even now we are still friends because at that point I was... I remember... Something very interesting. I remember there was one, one student. Actually, this lady she used to work in Cape Town. There's a time that we visited Cape Town while I was in uh, at the University of the North. So she used to work in Cape Town. The other time we went to Cape Town, and we visited Robben Island, and she used to. Uh, to to help with the tickets and other stuff. And we got connected since then. One day while I was in my office at the university, at Hope International University, I received an application from her and she was not even aware that I'm working for that university. <laughs> and I'm trying to show you how God works. And we, you know, I was able to help her process uh, visas and everything. And finally, she came to the U.S., she came to study, and she, God blessed, she got a husband, and now they live in Newport Beach with her husband. Now, that's how God, this is one of the stories or examples of how God works and how God connects us with people. I always tell people that, you know, the people that God connects with you, connect you with them, it's for a purpose. Every blessing that you'll receive. All your prayers that you are praying to God, when God answers those prayers, he will not use an angel. He will use people. God connects you with people for a purpose. You remember in the Bible, we have the story of Joseph. We have the story of Joseph. Joseph was sent to Egypt to prepare for the nation of God so that they should not die during the famine. And later they went and reconnected with Joseph. And sometimes God will send some people ahead of you. That is why people are very important. Relationships are very important. I value relationships. Those that are my friends, they know it very well. I value friendships. I value relationships. Because I know God uses people to answer our prayers. And sometimes what we do not know, and that remains a mystery to all of us. The mystery is, I don't know who God will use. Maybe God will use Puni to answer my prayer. 
Maybe God will use Tandiwe. Maybe God will use Yvonne. Maybe God will use whosoever he will use. And if I reject that person, maybe I'm rejecting my answer. I do not know. That's why we have to value healthy relationships. I'm talking about healthy relationships here, not abusive relationships. We have to value relationships because God, when he answers your prayer, he will always use people. Maybe that very same person that you are rejecting, he was the person who was bringing an answer to your, to your life. You never know. All of us, we are where we are because somebody gave us a chance. Somebody gave, gave you an opportunity. That's why you're a teacher today. That's why you're a school principal today. That's why you are where you are. That's why you are broadcasting today. Somebody gave you an opportunity. Yes. It is very, very important to value relationships. Let's do our best to build healthy relationships with people. All that I've achieved in my life, it's because I had relationships with people in one way or another. It's because I was able to build relationships. Yes, yes. So, Blabu, uh, maybe we, sh we should uh, also invite you one day uh, with a topic, with this kind of topics of relationships. We shouldn't uh, uh, just shy away from you because I can see you, you, you have a lot to share regarding the, the, the topic itself of, of, of relationships. Uh, not only relationship, but the a healthy relationship. Uh, and and I, I, I believe my producer is listening uh, and, he, and she will uh, make it a point that maybe you come back uh, one day in one of the shows to talk about that. But, but uh, uh, Doctor, you are now in in, in, in USA. Uh, how is it? Because uh, I just want to understand something. Uh, uh, how do you... What to call it? How do you... Because uh, from... Because moving from South Africa to USA, I think it, it, it was going to be a bit of a challenge. Did we face any challenges regarding that? Uh, uh, I mean, uh, adapter in that uh, environment? Thank you for asking that question. Yes, you know, change always has its own challenges. Especially when you move from one culture to a different culture. You will always face a lot of challenges, uh, cultural challenges, especially uh, in the U.S. Mm -hmm. it, it's a different culture altogether. You yes. know, when you are back home, everything is communal. Here, everything is individualistic. It's a different culture altogether. When you are home, yeah. you you meet people that you know, and you know, you you can call anybody. But here, it's a different culture. The way things are done. It's different. Even the education system, it's different. The education system in South Africa, they encourage you to memorize. You have, you have to memorize a textbook. You have to memorize a question paper and get the answers and the memorandum and all those kind of stuff. In the U.S., we don't have that. It's a different system altogether. It's a different system altogether. So those kind of things, when you get into the classroom, you are used to, you know, being competitive and you get the position one or position two and who is better than who. Here it's different. There is nothing like competing with another person. You just focus on your own project or focus on a group project. You do things together. You work together. So those kind of things, you know, like the culture here, it's a different culture. 
even simple things like driving you know we drive on the other side of the road that's one of the things that it was a big culture shock or difference for me but you have to you have to grow you have to understand <laughs> you have to learn how things work because you know let me say this let me say this maybe it will help somebody if you want to succeed in anything in life you have to learn how that system works you have to learn how that system works if if you if you resist and you do not want to to adapt to the change you do not want to adapt to how the system work you will always have problems and it will be very very difficult for you so we have to adapt to the way things are done you have to adapt to the way uh, church services are done you know we are used back home to those church services where you know we take two three hours in the church service we dance and after you have finished dancing everybody is tired you are sweating you know you come here it's a different way of doing things they focus more on bible study they focus more on learning the word of god on studying the word of god and that's how you grow and you find that it's different from the the way we do we do things even the way we do church i always say this to people that you know that 75% to 80% of what you do every sunday you know at your church it's culture it's only about 20 or 30% that is gospel that is why when you go to a different uh, culture you find that they do things different from yours so you must be willing to you must be pliable you must be willing to change and see things differently there is one thing that one of the professors told me when i arrived here he said don't don't be quick to judge when you see people do things differently don't say it is wrong just say it's different and that will help you to change the way you think and i have learned that okay things are different things are done differently and i have to adapt i have to adapt to to the changes because if you do not adapt to the changes you will have a problem because one thing that is very permanent in life change change is a permanent part of our lives and if you do not want to adapt to change you will have a problem in life you will say okay things used to be done this way we used to do it this way 20 years ago but that's not how life is things keep on changing so i had to to start learning i had to start doing things the way they do it here you know i always give this example you know most of you might have read the book by uh, stephen covey it talks about the seven habits of highly effective people some of us we learned or we read that book uh, you know after we graduated when we were in leadership and other stuff but my last born my last born he learned that book he read that book at elementary school at primary school seven habits of highly effective people by stephen covey and i look at the way they do things most of the stuff that i learned at high school when i was in south africa here they learn them from high, from primary school from elementary school they are focus of education they focus more on self worth americans they believe that they are big everything they yes. do it's big those of you who have been to the us you you will see what i'm talking about their streets their roads are big their cars are big their houses are big 
everything they do, it's big because it, it's influenced by the way they think. And Americans, yeah. what they are taught at school, they are taught that they are leaders and they have that kind of confidence. Everywhere they go, everything they do, they believe that they have to lead. That's the influence that they have. So that has helped me to change the way I think, to change the mentality, to see myself as God sees me. And I also continue to study and I got my master's in business administration uh, with Hope International University in Fullerton, California. I also uh, continued to study later and I studied with uh, you know, Columbia Southern University in Orange Beach, Alabama. That's where I completed my, my doctorate of business administration. So studying has been something that has been, a great, has been great for me and it has helped me a lot. That's why I'm an advocate of education. Nobody can convince me otherwise. And I always encourage people to read and study, no matter how old you are. The more you read, the more you understand life. The more you read, the more you understand life, and the more you understand concepts, you understand how things work. And if you are educated, you have better opportunities than somebody who is not educated. So education will always work in your favor. It will always work in your favor. And somebody will tell you, oh, you don't have to be educated. You don't have to go to college. You don't have to go to the university because Bill Gates or, you know, so-and-so did not go to university. They didn't graduate. And I just laugh at them and say, are, are, you, are you Bill Gates? Do you have the mind of Bill Gates? Because that's what they always give an example with when they are lazy to study. And I want to encourage everyone, do not be allergic to books. Do not be allergic to studying. It will help you a lot. Yeah. You know, I continue to study. There are quite a number of things that I continue to study with different universities, different institutions. I also studied the constitution of the university, I mean the constitution of the USA with San Diego State University in California. I continue to study uh, project management essentials. I'm satisfied. I'm, I'm satisfied as a project management essential. And also you know, some of you may not know this, but some of you will know. You know, I, I have completed my Lean Six Sigma Black Belt as a professional. I'm a Sigma a Master Black Belt certified, Six Sigma Champion certified, Microsoft Office Specialist. I have done SQL. I'm certified. It's a structured query language. This one is used, you know, it's a standardized programming language. That is used for, for managing relational databases. So I'm, I'm a database manager. I'm a data analyst and all those kind of stuff. And also I, I teach. I, I teach, you know, I, I started teaching with Santa Ana College. I, I, I used to teach business management. I also, uh, I also taught business leadership with Middle Beach uh, West uh, Westland uh, uh, College in Middle Beach, Southern, uh, Southern Carolina. So I, I used to teach, but now I continue to teach also as a, as a professor with Westleaf University in Irvine. Quite a number of classes that I teach. One of the, uh, some of the classes that I teach is analytics for executives. 
I teach business leaders, uh, CEOs, and business directors. I teach health informatics. I teach healthcare strategic management. I teach business leadership. I teach organizational leadership. So I work with Westcliff University as a professor there. I, I teach master's uh, students, and some of them are doctoral students that I, that I teach. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe before we can continue, let's, let's, let's just uh, take a short break and then we'll come back. We, we will continue with our interview. Thank you. Uh, and uh, I'm so fascinated about his journey uh, of life and uh, especially in the side of education. I think uh, I'm motivated. I'm not sure about you uh, uh, at home where you are listening. Uh, if you, you you are motivated, then I know a lot of people will be asking, give, give me his number so that he can motivate us. Uh, doctor? Uh, we, we are back and, 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 and talking about the education, I think uh, it's something uh, which we, 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 we as uh, most in, in Africa, if not in South Africa, we, we, we don't look at it the way you, 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 you are seeing uh, in, in, in the state, they, they regard it. Uh, but here in South Africa, I think we still have a long way, you know, uh, in, in taking education seriously. Yeah, uh, thank you so much for, you know, for mentioning that. Let me say this to somebody who might be listening. Some doors in your life will never open for you until you are educated. So the more you avoid education, the more you close doors for yourself. You may rebuke the devil as much as you can, but some doors, if you are not educated, nobody will take you serious. Nobody will listen to you. You know, sometimes as I sometimes I speak, and I ask myself, because I look at where I come from. I look, I look at where I started. And some of the people who are my audience, they come from better countries, they come from better cities, they come from better places than me. But they listen to me when I talk. And it's not because of where I come from, but it's because of what I've achieved. Where where you come from does not determine where you are going in life. Just because you come from a village, it does not mean you will end up there. Your, Your destination in life is determined by your decisions. If you keep on making the right decisions, the right results will ultimately follow, no matter how long it may take. You have to just keep making the right decisions in life. You know, life, life it's a series of decisions. That's all. It's a series of decisions. If you make the right decisions, at some point the right results finally show up. That's how life is. And unfortunately, some of us who do not want to make the right decisions, we keep on making wrong decisions, stupid decisions, and you wonder why your life is a mess. Most of the stuff, you know, let me put it this way. Life in itself, it's difficult. It's challenging. But there are some that we put extra. We, we, we make wrong decisions. We make foolish and stupid decisions. We do not want to listen. And that will add more stress. It will add more pain. 
it will just add more frustrations to you. I rather yeah. deal with the regular, normal, natural part of life challenges. Rather than making foolish decisions, then I add more stress. Most of the challenges that most people are facing today as I'm speaking, if you look back, it's as a result of the decisions that you made, the choices that you make. You chose it. You chose it. You chose him. You chose her. And that's why you have the challenges that you have in your life. It's all because of your decisions. And unfortunately, we start to blame other people. You blame him. You blame her. You blame it. You blame... Instead of accepting, I made a wrong choice. I made the wrong decisions. That is why I'm in a situation that I'm in right now. And you can change your future by making the right decisions. And as we're talking about, you know, when you talk about relationships, you talk about education. I have traveled extensively throughout the world because of education. I've been doing, you know, leadership development, Bible studies and training people all over the world, in the USA, in South Africa, South America, in Africa, Middle East, Europe, and all these kind of places. In actual fact, with our team, with our team, we have traveled to all the continents in the world except Australia. We have been to many countries, Botswana, Zambia, Thailand, Zimbabwe, Eswatini, Mozambique, England, Brazil, Mexico. In actual fact, about two or three weeks ago, my son just came back from Mexico, you know, with another team. You know, yeah, we've been all over France, Poland, Peru, Israel. We have been all over the world. Why? It's because people give us an audience when we come. People listen. In the next few weeks, in the next few weeks, I will be in Sao Paulo, Brazil. I think the next two or three weeks or so. You know. So it's because people, when you have something of value, people will need you. And you have to create value for your life. You have to create something that people will need, that people want to listen to. Right now, I teach. Uh, in many different uh, pl platforms, uh, in radio ministries and other uh, platforms, um, social media and other places, we have WhatsApp uh, groups and also we have the Zoom, uh, you know, teachings that I do. We have meetings that we train leaders. So I have a lot of stuff that I'm, I'm working with people in different uh, places, different organizations. Uh, and those who want to, to learn more, you can go to drmanasa.com drmanasa.com and you select leadership. When you select leadership, you'll find that there is a course that I teach. I call it Next Level Leadership. It's a certification course that you can take. And for this year, we have quite a number. I think we have about 50 or 60 people who have already taken the class for this year. And we are starting another one in the next week or so. And those who have taken the class, they will graduate, will be coming to Cape Town uh, at our next conference. Uh, it will be in October, October 19 to 20. No, October 19 to 22, actually. It will be in Cape Town this year, 2022. And those who will be graduating for next year will be going to Sao Paulo, to Brazil, and that's where they'll be graduating because we just travel all over the world. And the classes that they take, it's something that it helps you. What I do is I always focus on you. Because in most cases, we focus on you know, blaming other people. I did not succeed because of my wife. I did not succeed because of my husband. I did not succeed because my parents were poor. 
I did not succeed because of so and so. My brother did not give me money to go to school. You know how I supported myself while I was at Tefluop? I used to take pictures, take photos. I used to have a camera. I used to have a friend. Unfortunately, he passed, he passed on about last year or so. Fignes Mdaka. He's the one who taught me how to use a camera. I used to take pictures, take photos. And people will pay. You know, I used to go to Pulukwana almost every afternoon after, after class to process those, those pictures. So I, I used to know Pulukwana like the, you know, like the, like my hand. Every street in Pulukwana, I used to know all those streets. I used to, to, to spend a lot of time uh, in town. But that's how I survived. I started my own business and started taking pictures. And, and that's how you know, I was able to go through school. What I'm trying to say is always there will be some challenges. Remember, you remember ever since I started, I never said problems. If you are careful, I always say challenges. Challenges. Then you have to overcome those challenges. And those challenges, as you overcome them, they help you grow your mind. They help you expand your mind. You can't grow when you don't go through challenges. Challenges help us to grow. So we, we, what I do, it's out of all those things that I've learned and experienced in life. I put together some classes that I teach. And some of the classes that I teach okay. is, uh, the first one that we do is what we call the DISC assessment. The DISC assessment, it's a personality assessment. It just helps you learn and know yourself. Most people, they do not know themselves. If you ask them who they are, they will tell you where they come from and what they do. But who are we? Who? Who are you? Who are you? Some people they cannot tell you who they are. You know, somebody when you ask them who are you, they'll tell you I'm a wife of so and so. No, I'm saying who are you? You know, my brother is a is a chief. What what what? He's a chief engineer. You know, he works for for Escom. He works for. My, no, I'm not talking about your brother. Who are you? You know, my father is a school principal. No, who are you? Tell me about you. Don't tell me about who your brother is. Don't tell me about who your so-and-so is. No, tell me about you. Now, the DISC assessment, it just helps you to understand the different personality styles that we have of human beings. And once you understand who you are, you relate much better with people. And that helps me understand people as individuals. That's why when you are a leader, don't, don't, don't treat people as a group. Don't treat people as, uh, as a team. Treat people as individuals. Because every individual, they have their own different personality. And you have to understand them. If you do not understand them, you misunderstand them and you will mess up relationships. Another class that I teach is what I call emotional intelligence. Emotional intelligence. It just helps you also, you know, understand emotions. Most of you have gone to school. Most of you have been to churches. Most of you have been to different organizations. But nobody ever taught you how to express your emotions. Nobody taught you how to manage your emotions. And because of lack of emotional intelligence, most of you have lost businesses. Most of you have lost relationships. Most of you have lost families. You have lost uh, you know, uh, families, you have lost relationships and quite a number of things that most of you have lost even money. You have lost business deals because of lack of emotional intelligence. 
That is why it's very, very important to, to learn your emotions. Understand your emotions. Understand why you do what you do. The other class that we do is how to deal with change in life. Like I said, change, it's permanent. Change will always be there. In any area of your life, whether it's in your career, whether it's in ministry, whether it's in your relationships, change will always be there. You have to understand how to deal with change. How to deal with change, whether it's in technology. I think most of you have realized how change has affected our lives. In the olden days, we used to have a lot of stuff, a lot of gadgets. We used to have a radio, we used to have a phone, we used to have all this kind of stuff, typewriter, you know. But now everything is done by a computer. Actually, everything is now done by your phone. That's change. That's change. And you look at some of the companies, some of the organizations that do not do well with change. They do not do well also later, uh, even in the technological uh, arena. You look at the company like Nokia. I always give this example. Nokia used to be very popular when cell phones uh, got in here, when the cell phone industry was growing. But where is Nokia today? Because they can't deal with change, they could not continue. You look at Samsung, you look at, you know, Apple, the iPhones. They are able to adapt to change so quickly. And now we talk of smartphones. When, uh, when Nokia was a king, there were no smartphones. There were no smartphones. But because they didn't adapt to change, now they are nowhere to be found. You look at Samsung, they are, they are the leaders in the uh, mobile industry. And that happens in every area of our lives. That is why it's very important to learn to deal with change. Even our lives, we deal with change every day. Our family structure, it changes every day. The way your family is structured today, it will not be the same structure 10 years to come. Some of you have young people, you have kids. Those kids, they will not remain kids forever. At some point, they will move out of the house. How do you deal with that? Life change. Sometimes one of the members of your family, you may lose them. Life change. But then how do you deal with change? In actual fact, I have written a book. I will talk about it probably in the next segment. I have written a book called Grieving Towards Emotional Healing. It just focuses on your, on your emotions and how to heal when you have gone through stuff, when you have gone through challenges, when you have gone through divorce, when you have gone through you know, relationships and all those kind of challenges that we have in life. How do you deal with it? How do you move towards healing? Because we have a lot of people who are not healed emotionally. A lot of people who are not healed. People go through things. And I always say this, you cannot walk with a broken leg. You cannot carry heavy stuff with a broken hand. You cannot do life with a broken heart. We have a lot of people who are broken. They are broken emotionally. They are broken in their hearts. And that's why sometimes it's very difficult for them to have healthy relationships. You can't have a, an external healthy relationship if you're not healthy inside. And that's why there are some people who will say to somebody, oh, you, you complete me. Well, you must learn to live by yourself. You must be complete as a single person. Because if you have some issues 
as a single person, you are bringing that baggage, you are bringing those issues into relationships. You can't have a healthy relationship if you yourself are not healthy emotionally. That is why emotional healing is very important. So I talk about those kind of stuff and I talk about growth and fixed mindset. There are some people who, you know, uh, their minds are so fixed and that's why they cannot move to the next level of their lives. You must have a growth mindset. You must believe that things can change in your life. We talk about competing commitments. Competing commitments is you are committed to this, you are committed to your New Year's resolutions, but you are still committed to doing what you used to do. Because your, your life will never change until you change the way you think. If you keep on doing what you are doing today, you'll keep on getting the same results even next year. Yeah. For your results to change, you have to change what you are doing. You have to change your yeah. programs. You have to change your, uh, your way of thinking. You have to change your schedule. If you do not change your schedule, you keep on doing what you are doing last week, guess what? Next week, you'll still get the same results. Some people, they wonder why there's no results in their lives. You have these New Year's resolutions every year, but there's no change. Some of them, you just copy and paste, copy and paste every year. And you wonder why you cannot achieve what you want to achieve, even if it's your New Year's resolution every year. There is some that is competing with you, and we have collaborations, one of the class that we do. You have to learn to work with other people, collaborate with other people. God will only give you what you need through other people. Another class that we have is a personal financial management. How to get out of debt. Yeah. There are a lot of people who have taken this class and powerful testimonies that I have received of how to get out of debt. You know, a lot of people, they are living in debt right now and they don't know how to get out of debt. I'm not talking about these uh, funny things of you know, miracle money and all those. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the real things yeah. here. I'm talking about the real stuff. How to manage your finances. How to write, to draw a budget. Most of us who have been to school, sometimes even graduated from high school, from college, from university, you have a degree. But there is no way where you have learned on how to budget, how to budget your money, how to manage your own finances. And that's why you still live in debt. That's why there is no progress in your financial life. Yeah. So those are some of the classes that we, that we do. Yeah. Uh, Doctor, let's talk about, because uh, I can see you are a busy, a busy man. Uh, you, you have been traveling. Traveling, you're doing a lot, man. Because I'm looking at your profile and I can see there's a lot of things that you are uh, currently doing. Uh, uh, I just want to understand the, on the family part. Do do they? How do you balance this thing? Uh, do they? they uh, 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 do your family as a whole support you uh, and understand that you are? Yes, I have a great supporting family. My wife is my number one supporter. Uh, yes. we, we always travel together. We always go to places together. We do things together. Uh, we mm. do meetings together. We are always together. My, my children, mm. they, they are also our greatest supporters also. And they also mm. do some of the stuff that we do. Sometimes they travel on their own. Sometimes they travel with us. 
you know, uh, that's a good thing about it. That you have, a, when you have a supportive family, it just makes things easier. It just makes things more possible. You know, for the past, about, about 13 years, for the past 12 to 13 years, you know, I've been working from home. My office is my workplace. So everything I do it from, from here. So that makes, that makes it easy. It makes things more uh, doable. And one thing I have learned about God, you know, when, when you do things the way God wants you to do them, He creates an opportunity for you and He makes room for you to fulfill His purpose. And yes. if you have a family that understands your purpose, it makes it yeah. easy for them to support you because they know you have a purpose. And I always tell people that all of us, we have a purpose. Wherever yes. you are, you have a purpose. Even that person who is sleeping under the bridge, a homeless person, has a purpose. Every human being has a purpose. It's quite unfortunate. Some people, they discover their purpose when they are still young. 15 years old, they discover their purpose. Some people, they discover their purpose in their 20s. Some, they discover their purpose in their 40s. Some, they discover their purpose in their 80s. Unfortunately, some people, they live until they die without discovering their, discovering their purpose. You have a purpose. That's the reason why you are here. And one of the classes that I do, it's what we call the personal mission statement. That personal mission statement, I help you discover your purpose. I help you discover why you are here, why you are alive. And you start to write your goals based on your purpose, based on your mission, based on your reason for living. Nobody is useless here on earth. All of us who are valuable, all of us, there's a reason why we are here. There's a purpose. And it's yeah. very, very important that you discover your purpose. You discover why you are here. Just because you do not know your purpose, it does not mean you don't have a purpose. Mm -hmm. Like, no, uh, I, I, I think we, because of time, we have to we are coming to the end of the, sh of the interview and I'm so uh, grateful that you came. And there's a lot of things that we're going to learn uh, and I believe you're not going to uh, shy away from us. You, you'll be available for us because I can see a lot of things uh, that uh, we can benefit uh, from you, uh, um, especially young people, uh, you know, who are, are, are still... Uh, you know, uh, lost out there. They they need a lot of uh, motivations from you. So, uh, uh, maybe the last ways that you feel maybe is something that we uh, a lot of people, our listeners, need to know uh, before I can let you go. Yes, uh, let me say this before I close. Look at your life. Every area of your life, whether it's in relationships, whether it's in your education, whether it's in your career, whether it's in your finances. Look at your life. Any area of your life that you will succeed is the area that you focus on in your life. The area that you fail is the area that you neglect. That's the power of focus. When you start to focus on something, that area, that's the area that you will succeed in. And there are books that I have written uh, that I believe will be very, very helpful. One of the books that I've written is Leading from the Second Chair. It talks about how do you lead when you're not a leader? How do you lead without a position in an organization? The other book that I wrote, it's about leading volunteers. 
I talk about practical steps on how to, to transform your group into a team. Most of what you call teams, they're not teams, they're just group of people. And I talk about how do you change your group, whether it's in your church, whether it's in your business, whether it's in the community, how do you change a group of people and you become an effective team? I also talk about how to develop a clear vision and a mission for your life and for your team and for your business and for your church or for your ministry. How to resolve interpersonal conflicts in teams. I talk about what to do when your volunteers quit, when somebody stops volunteering, when somebody stops working with you in ministry. What do you do? The, the other book is the one that I just talked about. Grieving towards emotional healing. Grieving towards emotional healing. I talk about how to have hope, you know, just hope for the hurting heart. I talk about the difference between grieving and mourning. I talk about the five stages of grief. I talk about the path towards emotional healing. And one of the most important topics that I discuss here is the ways to support someone who's going through grief. Have you ever been to a situation where you hear that somebody has lost his loved one, he's lost his mother, he's lost his father, or he has lost his wife. And you don't know what to say to him. You don't know what to say to her. This book, it talks about what to say to such a person. It helps you understand how can you support somebody who is going through a difficult time in his life. Somebody who's going through a challenge. Somebody who just got divorced. Somebody who just got rejected. Somebody who just failed. What to say to them? So that book, it talks about emotional healing. It talks about some myths that are there about grieving. Things that are wrong about grieving. I don't have time. I will go through it. But those are some of the things that I've, uh, you know, some of the things that I've, some of the books that I have written. My next book, it's self-leadership. It talks about how to lead yourself before you lead other people. And by the way, all my books, all my books are bestsellers on Amazon. So, yeah, they got the bestseller, you know, status on Amazon. So you can go to Amazon.com and get them or you go to DrManasseh.com. When you go to DrManasseh.com, you'll find that there is, there is somebody next to your area, whether you're in the Eastern Cape, whether you're in the Western Cape, whether you're in Lipompo or you're in Gauteng or Pumalang, there is somebody next to you who has the books. Or if you can't find them, connect with me, contact me. Contact me. Just go to... Uh, Abraham at drmanasa.com Abraham at drmanasa.com or you can connect with me via WhatsApp plus one 7146123102 plus one 7146123102 on Facebook you can go to drmanasa.com Twitter drmanasa.com Instagram drmanasa.com our website is www.drmanasa.com so you can connect with me anytime. Uh, I'm always willing to help people. I'm always here to support other to su support people. I worked with other people. I co-authored and wrote other books like Increasing Your Value. I worked with other people to write books like Choices of Young People, you know, and I wrote some academic books also. The Impact of Information Technology on Business Management. The impact of information technology on business management. Those are some of the books that I have I have authored, you know, both academical and also in ministry and in leadership, and also on self development. Mm. 
Thank you so much and once again I appreciate you and thanking for thank you for giving me an opportunity to share my journey to share my uh, long walk to where I am uh, with our listeners mm. and my friends and some people that we just met some people we just met you know uh, maybe in the past few years or so they might not understand and know my story and thank you for giving us an opportunity yeah. to to share and let people know where I come from and where I am right now thank you so much and you have a good night and god bless you okay thank you bye bye bye